Hello, friends, and welcome to the Living Truth Podcast. This is Michael Carey, and I'm joined by my wife, Kristen Carey, and Brian Mulder today. And we are just excited to be with you. First, I wanted to say, you know, if this is a podcast that you listen to regularly, if you believe in what we're doing, you can help us reach more people by clicking on the stars, write a review. Uh, it is amazing at how our podcast lights up on the search engines with each and every re review. Every time that, that you guys go out there and do that, uh, it adds uh, and promotes this podcast. So we would love to just invite you to do that. So today we're going to be talking about some life change stories that have come out of uh, the groups that Living Truth sponsors men in the battle and women in the battle. So I wanted to invite Kristen and Brian to just, uh, can you just give us a brief overview of what those groups are about before we dive into how this, how these groups have affected people in incredible ways? Sure. Our men in the battle groups are, are groups for men 18 and older who struggle or have struggled with unwanted sexual behavior that can come uh, in any form. Uh, some of our guys struggle with pornography, and others have struggled with uh, multiple affairs, prostitutes, chat rooms, uh, virtual sex, all kinds of things. So, I mean, a lot of churches have groups for men who struggle with pornography, but there's not very much out there uh, that's available for men who've done, quote unquote, more than that. And uh, our groups really are, are for uh, men with all sorts of struggles. Uh, some of our men struggle with same-sex attraction. Uh, and uh, some are single, some are married, some are divorced. Uh, so a variety of guys in our groups. But the primary purpose of our groups really is to, again, create a sense of community, a fellowship, a place where it's safe to tell your story, uh, a place where you can get help and support, where you know you're welcome no matter what your week's been like, uh, a place where you're loved, when you feel like you've done some things that make you unlovable. And so uh, we uh, have several groups that meet in person and many more that meet online. And all of our groups are led by men who this is part of their story. This is part of my story. Uh, we are, uh, we're not experts uh, trying to help you know what to do. We are men who've been on this journey before, maybe are a little bit ahead of you on this journey, but that we know what the path is like and we can coach you through it. And Women in the Battle <clears throat> is our recovery community for women who've been impacted by sexual betrayal. So if your spouse or long-term partner has had a pornography addiction, has had affairs, any kind of unwanted sexual behavior or sexual secrets in your marriage, uh, Women in the Battle is a very empowering and safe place to get the support, connection, validation, and guidance to know what your next right step is to find hope and healing after sexual betrayal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Um, and just what you guys described, you know, um, it it's so amazing uh, if I could just add how God moves in and through all of this. I mean, I would love that uh, we could all take credit and pat ourselves on the back, but honestly, um, I'm, I just stand in awe at uh, the ways in which people come forward and they talk about how their lives have been changed. And it's like, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, he shows up and that really is 
the most incredible part. And these are faith-based groups. So the curriculum is faith-based. And um, so, yeah, let's just dive into some, uh, some of these stories. And of course, um, you know, we've gotten permission from so many people to just briefly talk about the narrative, but we're not going to mention any names. We're not going to tell stories in a way that's going to reveal anyone's identity. These are confidential stories. Um, but uh, the, just a few of the things that um, people have shared, and I'll just share one um, that uh, it's just just so incredible and and well spoken. A gentleman said that he was wrestling with depression and anxiety, numbing out huge parts of his life with pornography, fantasy, and masturbation. He says, "I was distancing from God and from others. I thought I should just be able to stop, but I couldn't. I didn't have the resources." And I didn't know how the underlying issues uh, really affected all of this and what the underlying issues were. I needed to be with men who knew the path. And that's when I found men in a battle. And this is just uh, so incredible because <laughs> when I read through this, this sounds, sounds a lot like my story. You know, I mean, I thought that I, uh, that I should know the path. Why couldn't I stop on my own? Uh, what are the underlying issues? So, so much uh, of that gets revealed. But like I said, you know, God really is the one that, that brings it all about. Um, and it, it's so beautiful to see, you know, I know that this guy has gone on to um, share with his spouse a foundation of honesty and trust. And it's just incredible to see him become the man that God intended him to be. Yeah. Mm, that's so cool. I know um, one of my women, I'm going to call her Shelly. She said that this, her involvement with women in the battle has been far more healing than anything else she's tried. She says, my first time in small group was amazing. I finally found my people who got me and would walk with me, not shame me into forgiving and letting go. I started healing and learning ways to cope more than anything else. I've learned that I am not crazy. Sex addiction is crazy. And at times has made me feel crazy. Shelly goes on to say, doing the work and telling my story in a group has been better for me than counseling. I am grateful for the much needed tools to hold my husband accountable and place boundaries. This group is my lifeline in my continual healing path. And I plan to stay in women in the battle as long as possible. One of the men in my groups uh, wrote to me recently and just said, men in the battle has been a brotherhood that I've yet to experience inside or outside the church. It's men side by side fighting the same battle together. They're men you can depend on, even in your darkest moments, and they can be trusted with your darkest secrets. Men in the battle is a chance to come into the light and lay down the heavy burden of shame. Through this group, we have a fighting chance to win a war that has dominated our lives. Here we have the chance to be free. And uh, I just love his heart behind that, the, the shame uh, that he has had to fight through uh, to find freedom and the fact that he knows he can trust these men. Uh, most of the men in my group uh, would tell you that they've never been in a group like this before. There's never been a place in their life where they could be honest about this part of their lives before. And uh, I didn't even know it existed. Um, and so um, they're, you know, they're thrilled, <clears throat> excuse me, thrilled just to have a place where it feels like they belong and that they have the support that they need uh, to achieve the goals 
uh, that they have to live free. That is one of the biggest problems I think that men with unwanted sexual behavior and women after betrayal face is the isolation. Because sometimes when we do share our story, we get met with um, shame, judgment, uh, shock. And Mm -hmm. especially after revealing sexual secrets or, or, or dealing with and revealing sexual betrayal in a marriage, what we need more than anything else is connection and acceptance and love. And not to say that in your groups with the men, you're accepting the behavior, you're accepting Mm -hmm. the man and you're helping him find freedom to become all that God created him to be. And with our women, we're embracing them and helping them understand what's happening to you is a normal response to trauma. And we give you the tools to deal with it. I know there was a woman um, who just started our groups in August and she had tried so hard for so long to just deal with this on her own. And I think a lot of people do, but you Mm -hmm. cannot heal from betrayal or unwanted sexual behavior in isolation. No. Um, She just, she said, you know, this journey is just too difficult to navigate on your own. And, and she shared with us, I'm so thankful that Women in the Battle not only provides a roadmap through our curriculum, but they also walk alongside me and support me. And I finally feel like I'm on the right path to try finding true healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think of uh, why, you know, in addition yeah, and, and I just keep mentioning how God moves in and through these groups. The deal with men when we come together, um, you know, I've been in accountability groups before where I've sat around in a circle and we've asked each other, is porn still a problem in your life? And my answer was no. I didn't say the rest of the sentence. I said it silently, silently in my head. I said, because I just quit this morning, you know, like, <laughs> um, you see, when I looked around the circle, I I believed this lie that none of these men struggle. I'm the only one, you know, mm-hmm. but when we get to sit in a circle with men where that question is, is tabled, it's already answered. We know the answer. All of the men in this circle struggle with a variety of different behaviors, like you mentioned, Brian, earlier. Mm-hmm. So the idea is the safety that uh, you were talking about, Kristen, is... Um, it it's invaluable. And yeah, there are unfortunately a few groups out there that, uh, that we could find that are, that, that are that safe because people don't understand. And uh, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to judge someone than it is to love them and understand them and try and help them and come alongside them, especially if it's something where you see, you know, and, and in the case of these men, you know, they have, they have, likely hurt other people, you know, mm-hmm. and it's difficult, you know, it's so when, when I look at my story and I, you know, and, and the people that I've hurt because of my unwanted sexual behavior, I, I have no judgment for a man who has done the same thing that I have. Why would I <laughs> judge him? Mm-hmm. You know, like you yeah. said, we don't accept the behavior, but I'm not going to judge him because I've done the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've seen you know, so many Christian guys that uh, struggle with um, visiting prostitutes. And uh, there's one story that I just remembered this guy for, you know, 12 of the 14 years of marriage, he was visiting prostitutes every week. And um, 
we we thought there's no way this marriage is going to make it i i doubted it you know but i but through through the, the just the hope that i knew god can do anything god can change anyone god can restore anyone if they're willing if they're willing yes thank do you the work yeah yep. willing to do the work <laughs> and so uh so yeah. i told him i said i said your marriage can't make it and i just believed half of what i said and i was like i don't know if this is really it can but you don't know if it will god <laughs> yeah god can god can yep. and and so but it was from his willingness to dive in his brokenness his rock bottom if you will you know where uh, the pain of continuing his behavior was w- was way worse than anything he had to do to face it and come clean and the work that he had to done the, the work that he had to do <laughs> yeah uh, so so it was from that uh, that faith uh, that I told him you know okay your marriage can make it and mm-hmm. um, and incredibly, you know, over the years, I mean, this couple is still together. He has become, you know, the uh, the man I believe God really intended him to become. And and it's still a work in progress, as we all are. We, yeah. you know, there's yep. we're not finished. We don't get the degree, and 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 we we don't arrive, and we're you know we're done. I like uh, uh, and. Uh, Anne Graham, Billy Graham's wife and her tombstone, it says uh, something like um, construction complete. Thank you for your um, for your patience. You know, yeah. <laughs> something yeah. like that. Yeah, I feel like such an important part of what we do is hold on hope. Yes. Uh, for the men that we work with and the women. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very hopeless place that people find themselves in. Uh, one of the men in our groups recently just just wrote to me and he said, I feel like I'm making progress. And, and he has six months of sobriety for the first time in his life. And he's probably almost 50 years old. And uh, he said, I feel like I'm making progress. It's slow and it's hard, but my mind is set on winning. I think that counts for a lot. And here's the important phrase. Thank you for believing in me when many, including myself at times didn't. And um, that's such an important part of our role as we lead and facilitate these groups and as we train others to do the same is, is how to hold hope for people who are losing hope, how to believe in them when they don't even believe in themselves. And uh, to, uh, you know, the scriptures say that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And uh, when, when these men know that my heart for them, even if I have to speak something difficult to hear, my heart is for them. Uh, and uh, yeah. that I'm kind to them as I <laughs> remind them of a difficult truth. Um, they they realize they're not being scolded. They're not trying to be shamed into repentance, but they're being loved uh, when they didn't think they would be. And that changes a heart. Uh, it's the gospel. But uh, as we apply that to this situation, I've seen it change hearts as well. What's so powerful about that if I may speak to the the wives that are listening to this podcast mm-hmm. is what Brian's describing is something that the men can do for each other, that women in early recovery are not able to manufacture for their husbands or even mm-hmm. channel from God a lot of times because they're so just demolished by the trauma. Yeah. 
And so for any wives that are listening, what Brian's describing is a gift that these men give each other. And I want to remove any pressure from women in early Mm -hmm. recovery to feel like they need to do the right thing to make their husband able to repent because of their kindness. I mean, certainly along our journeys as betrayed partners, we need to surrender to the process of healing, but it's virtually impossible to get to a place of tremendous empathy. I do know that in my early recovery journey, I I did have a lot of empathy in various moments for my spouse and it I'm sure it impacted him, but it did not change him. Ultimately, right. he needed that right. from other men. Yeah. And you can't hear it. Right. You weren't yep. the cause of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but in, in light of what Brian's saying about the hope that we hold out for each other, I know one of our women had said, I don't know how I might've carried on had God not led me to you guys. She said, I felt such an unclenching of my soul and such validation. One of my favorite things is how we, I I call it, it's like some cross pollination that we do in our, Mm, in our groups. Um, So we'll have our men speak to our women and answer the women's questions, right? And then Mm -hmm. we have, same thing, we have the women speak to the men, like some of our leaders, right? Mm -hmm. We speak to the men and answer their questions. And one of my women said, um, after hearing Michael teach our women about some of their questions and answering some of those questions, she said, I really like how Michael uses grace, truth, and honesty with integrity when he speaks to the women. He's not trying to sugarcoat it. It's a very good mix. And, and she just encor- was encouraging us saying, you, you guys bring a lot of clarity and insight because the waters are very muddied by these struggles, mm-hmm. by the, mm-hmm. b- the betrayal and the unwanted sexual behavior. I mean, when we get to that rock bottom place, we have no idea. It's like being at the bottom of a muddy pit right? For women in betrayal and for men with unwanted sexual behavior. And there is no way to pull yourself out of that pit. You have got Mm -hmm. to have the clarity and guidance of others who have gone before you. Um, I think there's probably a lot of people listening right now who are really determined they're going to do this themselves. They're going to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, or they may think they're taking the spiritual route by saying, no, God, you got this. All I need is you. All I need is you, God, come on, you can pull me out of this pit. And I'm just telling you people that is not God's design or plan for us. His design and plan for us is to heal in community. We are wounded by each other, by relationships and we are healed by relationships with yeah. other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I uh, don't remember how many times, I don't know how many times I prayed, God, please just take this away. And, you know, um, I uh, was looking for a secret solution to my secret problem. And that's not the way God works. You know, when you talk to God in such a way that uh, you're the one And what I realized was I was the one that was calling the shots. God, let's do it this way. Let's bring about the healing and the change and the freedom this way and that way. And uh, God can't be controlled. He does not um, obey me. (laughs) And I am not God. Uh, Luckily for all of you people out there, I am not. So I had to learn that, uh, no, when we do things his way, guess what? Um, He is going to ask us to do things that sometimes are uncomfortable too. And, um, but I just want to echo what you said, Kristen, too, on the, the groups and, and what this woman was saying, thank you for, for the accolades. This is, uh, um, 
speaking truth into people's lives sometimes hurts, you know, and um, I, I, I would rather tell the truth and, and, and have it hurt uh, now rather than let somebody remain in agony for a long time, you know, and when it comes to women in the battle, I think uh, one of the gifts is understanding what does it look like when a man is really going to be free? What's it going to, what, what does it look like? for a guy to really walk this out and do the work and the things that are necessary in order to be free. Uh, because, uh, women aren't trained to automatically know that. Right. No. So, and a lot of men are, are out of self-protection. They are deceiving their, their wives. Mm -hmm. They're still mm -hmm. acting out, but they're, they're in denial whether to themselves or to their wives, and they're trying to make it seem like they're better off than they really are. And that is deeply mm -hmm. disorienting and confusing to a spouse who's already traumatized. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So when you're around women who um, have, you know, some of them have seen their husbands, you know, not make it, unfortunately, and they know what that looks like. And you have women who have uh, seen their husbands uh, achieve victory and do the work necessary. So uh, in this community, they know what it really looks like. And uh, especially the women who've been around longer and the facilitators of the groups and so on. And, um, but uh, I think that was one of the things your um, women was um, alluding to was uh, some, some of the things that I probably answer in the questions like um, what, Sometimes, sometimes I have to say, um, this does not sound like a man, like it doesn't sound like your husband is really doing the work, unfortunately. And, um, mm -hmm. so that, so in these groups, you know, there, and, and you said it earlier, Brian, too, that the truth sometimes hurts. And we talk to people with love and respect mm -hmm. and honor. Um, but, uh, we, we do need to tell it like it is. And, um, and that without judgment, we don't sugarcoat things. Um, so this is hard work. Um, yeah. and, but why would it be anything else? Freedom is not free. Right. There, right. there is a cost. It is, uh, and yeah, for some, it's a painful process, but I know <laughs> I had to look at my own story and the, the pain that I had to go through, uh, but the victories tasted so good. And mm -hmm. it was, a it was a mindset and a heart where, I, I was coming to God with gratitude saying, my goodness, you know, look at where I've come from. Look at how far I've come. This healing is so, um, I feel so blessed because I get to uh, move past all this behavior and, yeah. and, and I get to feel the healing touch of God himself, you mm -hmm. know, as, along the way. So yeah. it's so worth it. Yeah. Totally the experience it. of of grace uh, in the midst of our brokenness. It really is life transforming. Uh, again, it, it's the gospel, but it, it's experienced, it's lived out in this particular place in our lives where, where we've tended to bury it as deeply as possible and hide it as deeply as possible. Um, you know, it, it, it can be uh, just terrifying to acknowledge the truth that we've been hiding for much of our lives. But when we experience grace, as we reveal it, um, as we become more and more honest and more and more vulnerable about the things that we've been hiding, um, grace tends to, um, uh, uh, the shame that we've been living with 
we tend to start to shed some of that and feel uh, the freedom that we've never felt before. It is interesting when we talk about community. I was talking with a man a couple of weeks ago, and basically he was saying, um, I, why can't I get to the point where I can do this on my own without having to rely on the other guy? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I I said to him, oh, what if that's not the goal? What if the goal is for you to learn to rely on other men for the rest of your life, rather than think you have to do it yourself? Mm. That's and, what got, that's what got uh, us to our addictions in the first place is exactly the isolation right. yeah. and the self willfulness. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I tell men, you, I mean, you act, you you get yourself in trouble because you think you can do it yourself. Or because you would just rather experience the temporary pleasure. Uh, but if you reach out and you talk with other men, all of a sudden you kind of break that illusion and you begin to experience in your brother the truth of what God has been trying to communicate to you all along. You can't do this by yourself. You need others in the battle with you. Yeah. Mm. Jesus with skin on in front of us, mm-hmm. flesh and bones, yep. you know, speaking through another human being. Uh, yep. So often we, we need that so much. Um, and yeah, this uh, quote that I was just looking at here from a man, uh, he says, I was leading a double life and I didn't know how to get free. The previous groups I've been in would prune the fruit, but never attacked the root. So really going after the underlying root cause of why he behaved this way. In Men in the Battle, I began to see myself as someone worthy of love and support. It was hard, painful work to break through the barriers in my life and to identify the unmet needs that drove my behaviors. But I am finally beginning to feel free and I am reunited with my wife and children. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful yeah. Um, it captures what uh, yeah. we were talking about beautifully. Yeah, it is. I uh, I got a Christmas card uh, from one of the men in our groups uh, a couple of weeks ago. And it was a picture of his children. And a year ago, he was separated. Last Christmas, he wasn't living. He was not with his kids. Yeah. He was not with his kids. And, and this year, he is. I mean, he has a long ways to go. The marriage has a long ways to go, but um, but he has a year of sobriety for the first time in his life, and and he's home with his family where last Christmas he wasn't. Mm, um, and wow. that's just a again a reminder of of just the grace of God of of uh, why um, <laughs> why I'm willing to share the messy parts of my story with other people rather than wish they weren't out there because uh, as I share the hope that God has brought to my life uh, through this journey, um, uh, I can offer that hope to other men. Uh, So um, it's very humbling, uh, very grateful, um, and it's life-changing for me to continue to be a part of this, to be kind of a wounded healer, uh, to use Henry Nouwen's phrase and um, to see God at work in other people through my own willingness to share my own brokenness and my own journey. 
You know, that reminds me, it's, it's Brian, the reason why all of our leaders and volunteers keep giving back to other men mm. with unwanted sexual behavior or women in betrayal trauma is um, the transformation we experience in our own lives. And I don't mean that that always is going to look like a salvaged marriage. In fact, I was right. texting yeah. with one of my facilitators yesterday asking, hey, can I share a little bit of your story? And so I'm going to call her Pam. A year ago in January, a year ago, right about now, she found women in the battle through Facebook and she had been searching for some kind of a recovery program. She said that she could afford. And that's something that's a priority to us is to make our programs affordable for people. Um, she found us and she was so relieved. Now her story did not turn out like the Hallmark movie. I mean, she, she had divorced already because her husband had been unwilling to truly change. So at that point, she'd been divorced for 18 months, but she had all this frozen grief mm -hmm. and trauma that she had had no place to process. Yep. She had been in recovery groups before for betrayal trauma, but there was kind of this end of the road when the marriage ended. Wow. She had also gotten a lot of messages like, hey, this is a marriage problem. And what she learned in Women in the Battle early on is, uh, sex addiction is not a marriage problem. It's an addiction mm -hmm. problem that the person with the unwanted sexual behavior has got to deal with before the marriage can really be repaired at all. So yeah. her marriage, she's real. she was realizing her marriage never had a chance of really thriving and growing because her husband had been unwilling to change, to really mm -hmm. truly be willing to be free from his unwanted sexual behavior. Yeah. So 18 months after her divorce, she finds us and she realizes Oh my gosh, I have all this unprocessed grief, all mm. this unprocessed mm -hmm. trauma. Wow. We yeah. got her plugged into, we have in women in the battle, we have groups specifically for women who are divorced or separated who need to process things differently because they their mar their hope for their marriage is no longer their hope. They have mm -hmm. is there still hope though? Absolutely. In fact, what Pam has shown us is this incredible, what we call post-traumatic growth, where mm -hmm. she's processing and working through her pain and the grief that she needed to have words for. And part of that is going through our, our healing path curriculum, but also another big part of it is hearing what she has felt that she didn't even have words to describe mm -hmm. in the words of other women. And he, that's part of why when we consider, would we ever like just run our courses and sell, sell our, um, our content? I'm like, heck no, because the group is our secret sauce. The group, the power of the group is there are no words to truly describe it. The three of us are trying our best to articulate how <laughs> a group can be so powerful for healing. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are resistant to the idea of being in a group. Like you just want to do it yourself or you want to be able to not take the time to, to, to be in a group, but for Pam and for so many others, it was like, that was what kind of unlocked the key to the next steps for healing to the point where she was, had made so much progress in her first six months in women of the battle. She was ready to give back and became a facilitator in mm. August and is continuing to be one of the facilitators of our groups for women who are divorced or divorcing. And she has such incredible insight into how this journey has actually made her better than she was before. She just sent me a video of teaching that our women get to go through along with a worksheet 
about how she's better than she was before, which is kind of unfathomable to people that are in the weeds of the trauma from all of these struggles. Mm -hmm. But it is actually true that when you do the work and you stay connected to a safe community, you can actually become better than you ever were before. Mm -hmm. That is unthinkable when you're in that dark pit. Mm-hmm. but it's true. Yeah. yeah. Extremely hard to believe. <clears throat> and um, I know sometimes in that, uh, that darkness, sometimes it seems like the darkness is never going to end. It's never going to go away, mm-hmm. you know, but there is, there is a, uh, a light at the end of the tunnel, if you will, for everyone, yeah. I think. And yeah. what, whatever, whatever the end looks like, whatever that course of action looks like in people's lives, if it's, if it's divorce, if it's reconciliation, Mm -hmm. you know, and I see in marriages where uh, they, they say, you know, I wouldn't wish that on anyone to go through what Mm -hmm. we went through. However, uh, the marriage is, is better. And it's because when a guy comes clean and he lives a life, you know, and a foundation of honesty that's building trust, there's vulnerability, it really um, transforms the marriage. Whereas when he was living a double life and lying and, and uh, withholding, there's just uh, a wedge between a couple that sometimes, sometimes, and I think, I think women sometimes have a hunch, don't they, that there's something going on here. There's Mm -hmm. something wrong, but I can't really put my finger on what it is. Right. And that's not because we're stupid. (laughs) No, seriously. A lot of women are like, I must be so stupid that I didn't see this, but sexual Mm -hmm. behavior, I feel like it's the addiction that is most easily hidden of all addictions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, It's a lot more easy. It's easier to see someone that's under, under the influence or notice, you know, uh, narcotic or whatever it is. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is so much easier to hide, unfortunately. And especially among conservative Christians, I think there's a lot, even extra shame. And so I know even women who know that there's betrayal, but they're scared to go to their pastor or they're scared to, if they work for a ministry, they're scared to bring it up and talk about it because it is so misunderstood and so judged. And one of, one of my women who is in our groups, who was in ministry, she said, women in the battle was the first place where I could be safe to say and feel anything I needed to. I didn't have to explain what I meant, justify my feelings, try to convince people or fear being rejected or punished. It's like, I got to skip over the get to know you part of the relationship All of these women were safe, were in this with me, and would accept me. And each week, that proves true. Women in the Battle is the one piece of my schedule each week that I refuse to give up or miss. It is a lifeline during the worst season of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like skipping over the get to know you part, you know, <laughs> where do you work? Where do you live? How many kids do you have? Um, those surface conversations are irrelevant when it comes to crisis in your life. Right. Yeah. And this is uh, it's beautiful to be able to have depth in relationship as well yeah. of all the other things that are valuable about these groups, you know, the, the depth that we're able to establish mm-hmm. is, is, ridiculously rewarding i've i had a mentor that talked about these groups and he said these groups this is the real world when when we leave this group we go out into what he called the ordinary world 
but the real world is is what happens in this group. And uh, I felt that myself just as a facilitator that that there are times when I can't wait to get to my group because what I experience in that group is so much richer and deeper, more vulnerable, more honest, more full of grace and hope than what I experience kind of on a on my average day, so to speak. Mm-hmm. The mask can come off. Yeah. The I'm yep. fine yeah. mask can come yeah. off and you can just be <laughs> honest. That's exactly, yeah. um, as you're talking, Brian, I thought, yeah, my own story. I mean, going to the group uh, originally, you know, so many years ago when I first started going to a group like Men in the Battle and um, the idea of uh, putting putting forth your best self, uh, pretending like you have your act together, um, what I learned was nobody really has their act together. Everyone has some version of brokenness. Yeah. Everyone's screwed up a little bit in the entire world. You know, human mm-hmm. beings, it's a part of the human experience to have some level of brokenness and sin. And yeah. But in, you know, in uh, Men in the Battle, I mean, we get to take those masks off. Um, and, you know, in the beginning, guys still show up <laughs> with their best self. A lot. Some guys do, and it takes a while for the masks yeah. to come down. But I, um, what I learned was, and, and I've seen this happen so many times, is that guys show up and they, they, can, they can be themselves. They can show men here in these groups who they really are with all of the junk and then all of the value, all of the good things that they're good at as well. And they show up as their, as their real self. And then little by little, we, we become more confident in who God really created us to be. Um, and, and so we begin to be able to live that out outside of the groups. And it's a mm-hmm. process, but uh, that's something that I've seen happen in my own life where, you know, I can step out now and, and show the world who I really am, not just the guys in this group. And, uh, and so that's, you know, I think there's incredible value in, in that just having that environment where I can, it's kind of like a testing ground of revealing who I really am in that, in that mm-hmm. close tight circle of, of guys who are broken. Uh, and, and then, and then slowly I, I reveal that to the rest of the world. And I find out that the rest of the world is hungry for this kind of vulnerability. They're starving for this kind of vulnerability. They need it. And people start to gravitate towards you because, oh my gosh, this person is real. You know, Mm -hmm. they're actually honest and open. Um, so it, it really is a, a, just a fascinating process of, and seeing, seeing this, you know, being around this, this kind of work, Mm -hmm. um, professionally now for almost 10 years that I've been doing this, um, it's, it's, it is really incredible to see that process in my own life, but then to start to see it happen in in the lives of these other men that come to our groups and to say, my gosh, God, let me be a part of that. You know, that's so, so incredibly beautiful. Yeah. It's a power of vulnerability. When, uh, when I see you share the vulnerable parts of your story that you wouldn't have to share, but you do, then I can imagine trusting you with the vulnerable parts of my own story. And that really is, is the work of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, when we see the vulnerability of Christ, um, and uh, his willingness to sacrifice on our behalf. Um, we can trust him with those broken parts 
of ourselves and and no i mean as i as i look at the gospels i just imagine again uh the the people during the time of jesus they had the scriptures they had the old testament hebrew scriptures um but it's like it's like the trinity in heaven understood that they're never really going to get what god is like unless someone goes and shows them someone goes and lives it there someone uh, you know, the son came to show us the father's heart because we couldn't have picked it up from all of his efforts to try and teach it through the Old Testament scriptures. He came and he lived it and he showed it to us. And we get the opportunity to do that for these men and women too. Exactly right. And then that's uh, part of the issue of brokenness. And it was in my life and just about all the men that I see come through our groups is that uh, this, this kind of life was not modeled to us, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't modeled. We didn't have an example. um, And that uh, that's what we get to do in the groups is be that example for each other, model Mm -hmm. that to be brothers, to reparent each other (laughs) in so many ways. And um well, there's so much value in, in this, and, um, and this conversation is so rich. I hate to bring it to a close. Um, I know I have a bunch more quotes, but I think we need to, we need to cap it because we could go on and on, all three of us, right, yeah. about all yep. the people's lives mm-hmm. that, yeah. that are being changed. And, and we could invite 30 facilitators on here with us, and they could all tell their stories as well. And mm-hmm. um, we, could, uh, we could have a lot of podcast episodes. There's... <laughs> But uh, yes, it is. Uh, it it really is a, a beautiful thing where uh, the transformation of lives happen and take place in the power of these close knit communities for men and for women. So um, yes, men eighteen and older who struggle with unwanted sexual behavior, women who have experienced the traumatic news uh, of hearing about their husbands' sexual. Uh, secrets and the betrayal trauma there and and these people get to come and heal from from these wounds and from this brokenness if um, you would like more details on these groups visit us online at living-truth.org and um, there's actually some transformational stories right there on that home page and you can watch a video um, and brian you're you know we're all three of us are in there as, as, as well as several <laughs> other facilitators and people um, and there's some more stories there in that video scroll down a little bit you'll be able to see Men in the Battle and Women in the Battle, if you'd like more information about these groups and how to join, you can find all of that online. So it's been uh, such a great experience having this conversation with you guys. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you, Mike.